So Ephesians chapter 6, and we're looking at verses 10 to 18. So it says this, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So if you've been around with us for a bit, you would know that we want to make Jesus known. But before we do that, what do we want to do? No. So what is our passion, desire? What is it? What is it again? One more time. See, it's good to actually voice things, to say things out loud, to speak them out. I want to know Jesus and I want to make him known. That is vital and it's important. It's the best, most precious thing to know Jesus, to know through Jesus God the Father, to know his spirit, to know the one true living God and then enabled by that knowledge, that relationship, to make him known by our words and our deeds. That's what we're about, church, to know Jesus and to make him known. And so what we've been looking at uh, for a, a while as well is the question, what is coming against us? If knowing Jesus and making him known is the most important thing for us, then what is coming against us to stop us being that sort of people that know him and make him known? And we've, uh, we've looked at um, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Not the, the, the sort of lovely nature, natural world, or the world that is people, but that fallen system of humanity and evil that thinks they know better than God that they know how to live life better than God designed it. They can live life as if God doesn't exist. The world that we live in that is ruled by the evil one. The world, the flesh, you know, our sinful nature, 
our will, what we want, when we want it, how we want it, just to satisfy the cravings of our sinful nature. That is going to want to stop us knowing Jesus and making him known. The world is going to want to stop us from knowing Jesus and making him known. Why? Because behind them is the devil. Behind all evil, Satan, the accuser, wants to stop you. He's quite happy, I believe, for you to come to a church meeting, to do church, to be part of a religious club. What he doesn't want you to do is to be totally and utterly sold out for King Jesus, living with him and for him to say, it's not about me, it's all about him and I want to live for his glory, not for me. I am his humble servant. That is what the devil doesn't want to happen. So if he can prevent us from being in a life union with Jesus and living that life out, He's happy. That's what he wants to do. So if you want to make the devil, Satan, happy, we know what to do. But if we want to make God happy, if we want to live for God's uh, pleasure and delight, we need to give our lives unreservedly to King Jesus. Like, have it, take it, all of me, every part, Every day, every moment, I want to live for you, Jesus, and I want to live with you. So, Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and he's been writing uh, a lot of stuff. We're at the end of of an awesome, awesome book. If you haven't read Ephesians, I totally, thoroughly recommend it. Read it, read it again, keep reading it. Constantly discovering new delights and new revelations is such a good letter. But anyway, we're at the point where he says, Be strong, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So, what are we to do, church? We are to be strong. Strong in, not strong in ourselves, not strong in our own wills or our own abilities. It's not by our power or by our might or by our cleverness, but by God's power and strength, by God's spirit. We are totally and utterly reliant on him. We cannot live a Jesus life without him. How could we possibly do that? And yet sometimes we try and do it in our own strength. How ridiculous am I? So, what are we to do? Be strong. How are we to be strong? How are we to do it? We are to put on. Whoa. Okay. So, we are to be strong. And then put on. Okay, so we're to put on, put on. Now, earlier on in the letter, Paul writes this. So it's Ephesians chapter 4, verses 21 to 24. When you heard of him, that is Jesus Christ, and were taught in Jesus Christ in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught, with regard to your former way of life, everyone say former way of life. Way of life. 
Put off. Put it off. The, the old way of living. Put it off. Take it off. Take off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, the sinful nature, the flesh, to be made new. Made new. Who wants to be new? Made new in the attitudes of your minds. And then put on the new self. Created to be like? Wow. In true righteousness and holiness. Paul is speaking truth to the church at Ephesus and he's coming back to it. There's loads of, loads of going backwards and forwards in the letter of Ephesians. We'll be doing some of it, but time might be against us. So, we are to be strong in the Lord. We are to put on... Okay, so we need to be in that place. Then... Um, so what are we to do? We're to be strong. How are we to do it? We're to do it by putting on God's armour. Why should we do it? To stand. Say stand. 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 I want to stand. So be strong, put on, stand against the devil's schemes. So stand. What does it mean to stand? It means to remain, to stay put, to abide to be there, to remain, not taken out. So the devil wants to take us out. The devil wants to take the church out. Why? Because the church is God's agent of the kingdom of God and the messengers of the good news of Jesus Christ. So that a people that know Jesus and make him known, devil doesn't want that to happen. He wants to take them out. And so there are many different ways that we can be taken out. Yeah? Which I won't go into now. So, we don't want to be taken out. What's the problem? Well, it's the devil's schemes. It's the devil's trickery. It's, it's the devil lying in wait to take us out. So we've got an enemy, the church has got an enemy. The people of God has got an enemy who wants to take us out, who wants to kill and steal and spoil, take away the purposes and plans and the mission of God. There's an enemy who wants to stop you being the person that God made you to be. It's coming against us. So Enoch 1 Peter 5 Verses 8 and 9, it says this, Be alert and of sober mind, or be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. You know, when a lion is, it does say like a lion, not that he's lying, but when a lion, is, um, they're hunting their prey, they work in packs. Now, are they going to attack the, the fittest, strongest, most mobile and able uh, prey and animal? Because that's too much of a fight. I know what we'll do. We'll pick off the weakest one. We'll pick off the weakest one. We'll pick off the one who isolates themselves. We'll pick off the one who moves away from the herd. We'll, we'll pick off that one because that one is easy prey. 
Do you want to make yourself easy prey? Or do you want to be safe? See, the church is a place of safety. The communion of, community of saints, the community of faith, is a place of safety. More than a meeting on a Sunday morning, our relationship and fellowship with one another is a place of safety. If you live outside of the community of faith and the people of God, and you can do Jesus on your own because you don't like people, you are in a weak position. Devil wants to take people out, and he's got schemes and he's got trickery. So, um, what did I say? Prayers around like a lawnmower lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. What we what we want to do is resist the evil one. Now, I know I'm talking, and I will talk about the evil one a lot, but the point is this. Focus on Jesus. Let's not focus on the enemy. Let us be wise to the enemy, but we fix our eyes on Jesus. We see through the lens of who Jesus is our enemy. So, you know, evil doesn't always appear evil. Evil... Um, until it achieves its goal, can often seem invisible, not noticed. It's not there. It sneaks up on you. The lions don't just go, oh, hello, Mrs. Antelope. We're just going to come and have a go at you. No, they're going to be sneaking around, getting behind a bush, laying down, getting it, and then whoosh. What the has just happened to me? Ah, we're here to take you out. But if you're alert and so minded, staying with the pack, you're going to be all right. Stay with the herd. Evil sneaks in. It can look appealing. It can look attractive. It can look desirable. It can look perfectly legitimate. Oh, that's okay. That's all right. And then, bam, you're taken out. Verse 12. Let's have a quick look at... Ephesians 6, verse 12, please. For uh, our struggle, says this, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Your friend is not your enemy, your enemy is not your enemy. Your husband is not your enemy. Your wife is not your enemy. Your, the person on the bus is not your enemy. Other people are not your enemy. We are to love people. We are to befriend people. We have to be at peace with people. However, there is an enemy at work. And guess what? How the enemy can be at work is through your friends, through your husband, through your wife, through your nearest and dearest, through the ones who've got the ability to really hurt you in the secret place. He's a schemer. He's full of tricks. So he's going to want to take you out. And if he can take you out by you falling out with your loved ones, he will. You know, he says that the devil himself masquerades as an angel of light. Things that appear good and right aren't always. So we need to be alert and wise and sober and not instantly just blame a person or get annoyed at a person or pick on a person when there's something more going on than meets the eye. Why is this really happening? 
Why did they say that? Did they mean that? Was it them? Why am I taking offence? Ask yourself questions. Be alert. Be sober-minded. Let's go on to verse 13. Verse 13, please. So, therefore, put on every piece of God's armour so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. You might have had a time of evil this morning. It might have been last night. It might even be now. It could be just after this meeting. We never know, but there are times of evil, so we need to be ready, prepared to resist the enemy. Not just individually, but corporately. Then after the battle, we will be standing firm. So after the battle, so the New Living Translation says, after the battle, in the NIV it says, having done everything. Having done everything. And after you have done everything. You've done everything. So there's a battle and you've done everything. Well, what is the everything? Having done everything. Okay. Reading your Bible is a spiritual discipline, spiritual practice. It's also spiritual warfare. Praying, spiritual warfare. Fasting, spiritual warfare. Financially giving, spiritual warfare. Being kind to someone, spiritual warfare. Forgiving someone, spiritual warfare. How do you resist the devil? You do everything. What is everything? Every spiritual discipline, every act of obedience to Jesus. Do everything to resist the devil. Don't belittle the small things you do. Because the small things are the important things. So you read a verse in your Bible, did you? You memorised a bit of scripture, did you? You prayed for someone, did you? Yeah, well, I haven't really done much today. That is a mighty work that is resisting the power of evil. That is bringing the kingdom of God into town. When whatever spiritual discipline or practice you do, you are involved in the spiritual battle. Don't belittle it. Recognise it. See it. It might change your motivation sometimes for doing something. We might do something out of our love for God, and then we might go, do you know what? I need to battle. Things are getting a bit hot at the moment. I'm just going to go and pray. I'm going to spend an hour praying in tongues. I'm going to go and read my Bible. I'm going to do this as an act of faith and believe and trust that something spiritual is taking place that is going to be good for me, others, but is going to resist the devil. So do, what is it saying? It said, uh, having done everything, Stand, stand, remain, stay, play, stay in place, be there. Right. So, as I said, Paul's instructions aren't just for us as individuals. We are a church. We need to work together, fight together, resist together, be strong in the Lord together, be in his mighty power together. 
Stand as one. That speaks of unity. It speaks of the body of Christ. It's us. That we would stand as one man in the battle. That we're in it together. That's what he wants for us. And our battle, our battle, so I don't want us to go, oh no, the devil's so powerful. Our battle is against a subjected power. Right? That subjected means it's under the control of Jesus. It's under the control and authority of Jesus. Jesus is the higher power. I'm not saying the devil's not powerful, but Jesus has subjected the evil one under his feet. So Jesus has got all authority, power, and control. The devil is still at work. And because Jesus, our king, is the king, and we are his subjects, therefore, Satan and devil is under our feet and authority too. If if we remain in him, if we abide in him, if we live with him, if we're in relationship with him, if we know him, Jesus' name is not a magic name. Jesus' name is not an incantation just to say, if we are doing things out of just doing things, we're going to be in trouble. I love this story. Where is it? It's in, um, in Acts. Acts chapter um, 19. Listen to this. Acts 19. Verses 13 to 16 says this. There was a group of Jews. They were traveling from town to town. They were casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of Jesus, the Lord Jesus, in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches, to come out. Now, there was a guy called um, Skeva. So he had seven sons. He was a leading priest. They were doing this. At one time, they tried it. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, come out. And then an evil spirit replied to them, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit leapt on them, overpowered them, attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. Jesus is not a magic word. It is when we do life with Jesus. Demons know God. Demons believe in God and shudder, James tells us. These demons knew who Jesus was, all right. Demons still today know who Jesus is. And demons will know those people who really hang around with Jesus. Paul knew Jesus. And so they knew Paul because Paul's life was hid in Christ Jesus. Paul's life was hidden. Paul's life was hidden. Hidden in Jesus. You couldn't really see Paul, but you could see Jesus. And Jesus was in Paul. He was filled with Jesus and his life was in Jesus. So that when demons saw Paul, they saw Jesus. Because he was a carrier of the holy presence of the living God. And so they weren't 
uh, they weren't responding to a, a word, a magic word. They were responding to the presence of God. They couldn't cope because Jesus was there. The name of Jesus, his character, his fullness, who he is. So it's all about our relationship with Jesus. That is why knowing Jesus is so important. Being with him, knowing the love of the Father, knowing the comfort and the teaching and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do Jesus' life without knowing Jesus. And we cannot make Jesus known to anyone if we are not carrying Jesus wherever we go. If our lives are not hidden in Christ and we're not full of him, we can't do it. But thanks be to God, like Paul, our lives can be hidden in Christ and we are full of him. Hallelujah. We don't need to fear the evil one if we are in Jesus. So if I'm walking down the road and a bunch of people want to attack me, like they, they on my own, they could take me out. But if a bunch of people wanted to attack me and they saw that I was surrounded by the most powerful, awesome, amazing being of all time, they'd think twice, wouldn't they? If I was in that awesome, amazing person, banded together, standing as one man with a whole host of an army of God, they'd think, we're not going there, are we? So we need to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, standing, resisting the one together, together, in it, together. No reliance on, oh, well, it's all right because that person's really gifted, going back to comparison, or that person's is. No, we all need to play our part in the body of Christ to resist evil and not let evil get in. Because if evil gets into you, it gets into me. If something bad happens to you, it happens to me. If something good happens for you, it happens for me. I can rejoice with those who rejoice and I can weep with those who weep because it happens to me, because it happens to us. That is God's heart. He wants us to be together in it. So, let's, let's get on to the uh, armour, shall we? You've been going, come on, Rich, get on to the armour bit. I've lost that. So, it's um, Ephesians, where is it? That's a good thing. There you go. So, chapter 6, verse 14. So, let's read that through. Stand firm then. Oh, no, let's go back to 13, sorry. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. So, as Nita, I'm not sure if you said it, but Nita called her talk last week, resistance is not futile. See, the enemy would want to say resistance is futile. You can't resist me. I'm powerful. I'm strong. You can't resist. But in Christ, we can. We need to be convinced that no temptation that comes against us is, is able to succeed. We can say no to temptation. We can say no to sin. We can overcome the trials and the temptations. We are victorious in Christ. 
we have got the authority in Christ to overcome. So, after you've done everything, stand. Verse 14, stand then firm. Sorry, stand firm then. (laughs) Stand firm then. That is why you've got to read it more than once. So you pick up. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So, God's armour, it's picture language. It's a metaphor. It's there to help us. Paul knew about Romans. He knew about Roman foot soldiers. He would have been uh, chained to one, uh, prisoned by one, hit by one. He had plenty of time to look at their uniform and their order. He uses language to help us understand. It's, it's what the Lynn would call a visual illustration. Okay? What's that? Helmet of salvation. What's this? What's this? What's this? Feet fit with the redness of the gospel of peace. What's this? What's this? Okay. What it isn't is some super spiritual putting on of something. What it is doing is putting on Jesus. Because every part of that is Jesus. Okay? Jesus. Jesus is our armour. What an amazing gift he is to us. Jesus is truth. Jesus is righteousness. Jesus is peace. Jesus is faithful. Jesus is salvation. Jesus is the word of God. We don't need to be silly. Oh, I didn't put on my bit of armour tape. No, am I in Christ or not? Am I in relationship with Jesus? Am I walking with him? Am I trusting him? Am I in relationship with Jesus? So it's not just concentrating on one bit. It's talking about, I need to put on the whole of Jesus. Do you get it? Evil will not be able to defeat us in Jesus. We can stand, we can resist, we can overcome. Only in Jesus Christ, though, can we be victorious. If you move away from Jesus, if you step out of that relationship with Jesus, you will get taken out. You will return to your vomit. The pig that's been cleaned will go back to the mud. If we don't continually press on, walk with Jesus, be in relationship with him, we will get our heads kicked in, I think is the deep Hebrew thinking of it all. Right? Sin will get us, control us, and we'll be worse than we were before. And we'll need to repent and go back through the whole cleaning process again. Remain in him. Stand in him. Stand firm in him. Stop being a yo-yo and just get on marching, marching, marching in Jesus. 
that we are to hold the ground that Jesus has won for us. He's reclaimed the ground. We're to live in it. Stop inviting the enemy in to a fantastic home, to a place where you can live and enjoy and be fruitful. Why? Hello, burglar, just come into my house. Hello, graffiti artist, just come into my house. Hello, anyone. Why we wouldn't do it in the natural? Why do we do it in the spiritual? So let's have a quick look at the um, armour. Um, so I'm not going into any detail, uh, really. Um, truth. Nita spoke a lot about this last week. But be alert, be wise to the lies that you believe. Jesus is the truth. It's the truth that we obey sets us free. It's the truth you obey sets you free. Okay? So a deceptive thought would be, it's the truth I know sets me free. No, it's the truth we obey. So if we, if we believe lies, they're going to shape and direct our lives. They will be a prison to us. Whatever lie you believe is truth to you. So that simple truth about don't compare. That's a powerful truth. That wasn't a kid's talk. Do you know what I mean? How There are so many just little subtle things that we just go, oh, you know. But that is stopping us from being the people God's made us to be. So be on the lookout for Jesus' truth trumping every lie you choose to believe. Don't let it have it anymore. Just go, Jesus speaks a better word, trump. Off you go, no more. We are to live. So Jesus is all these things to us, these truths. But we need to live truth. He says, Paul says earlier on in Ephesians, uh, put off all falsehoods. Get rid of lying speech. And, and speak truthfully to one another. Get rid of lying. Get rid of deceit. Embrace truth. Live truth. Live a life of integrity. Righteousness. You know, God is our righteousness. Through Jesus Christ, we become the righteousness of God. We are right with God, and then we can live and do the right thing, consistently doing the right thing in the right way, for the right reason, for the right person. That's like, that's righteousness, living right and doing acts of righteousness, all aligned to the will and purpose of King Jesus. Your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. A while ago, um, Anthony spoke about get ready, get ready, shoes, get ready, shoes, gospel of peace. You're ready to go and share the good news of God with other people, the good news of King Jesus. If you've got your shoes on, I don't know, I mean, uh, this thought comes to my mind, probably doesn't happen in your house. I don't think it happens in my house, really. But you, you imagine you're all going out, you're ready. Are you ready? Yeah, you're ready. Yeah, you're ready. Excellent. Where are your shoes? Oh, well, I've just got to put my shoes on. Yes, yeah, so you're not ready, are you? You haven't got your shoes on. You're not ready. You said you were ready. You thought you were ready, but you're not ready because you didn't have your shoes on. We've got to have our shoes on. We need to be ready, prepared. Peter says, 
Be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have. Speak it out with gentleness and respect. We need to be a ready people. We get ready by being with Jesus. He will help us do our laces up. Like Louis, Louis came last week. Louis said, Rich, can you uh, do my shoelaces up for me? And someone who will remain nameless said to him, said to him can't you do your shoelaces up yet? And I did Louis' shoelaces up and I thought in my mind, you know what you've got? You've got a whole list of shoelaces in your life. There's a whole list of things that you can't do. There are a whole list of things that you are stopping you being the person that God made us to be. We need to learn to do our shoelaces up, to be ready and active for King Jesus so that whatever, I'm ready. We need to live ready, live prepared. We need to be ready, ready, ready. Ring-a-ding-ding-ding. Shield of faith. Uh, Shield of faith. So a lot of this standing stuff feels very defensive. The shield of faith. So the Romans had a big shield. They had little shields, but they had a big shield. And it was made of wood, covered in leather, metal on the top. And they used to soak the leather in the water so that it sucked up the water. Then they could march along. And if any flaming arrows came, it would go... That's sound effects for you. Now imagine that I'm walking along on my own. Visualize, I've got sound effects. Um, You're walking along your own. You're you're still going to be quite vulnerable. But can you imagine an entire legion of soldiers with big shields, big shields, leather, marching against the the enemy? Take, do you know what I mean? Walking. So our defence is a means of attack. We can resist the enemy. That doesn't mean just doing this, resist. It means this, I'm going to resist, I'm going to get... This ground is God-bought, blood-bought, paid-for ground for me to live on and walk on. I'm getting the enemy out of here. You can do one. So we walk together and claim the ground. See, there's ground that is ours that we are not living in. The goodness of God... That the power of God, the life of God that we aren't experiencing to the fullness of what he wants for us. And so we need to take back ground that Jesus has won for us and keep it. Push away the enemy. And, and faith isn't faith in faith. Our faith, the shield of faith, it's in the faithfulness of God. It's in who he is, in his faithfulness the faithful one. I can be strong and uh, sure because I'm trusting in him and he is faithful. Shield of faith. Helmet of salvation. Um, You know, our minds, our brains, they just do us in. The battle in the mind is amazing. You know, you can, I was just thinking about, I can have a distracted mind. Squirrel, I'm off. I'm meant to be fixing my eyes on Jesus. Oh, that's really good. I can, I can have a, Jesus was about a double-minded mind. Do I trust him? Don't I trust him? Am I pressing in here? Don't I? We can have a double-minded mind. Uh, we can be distracted. We can be double-minded. We can be deceived because we believe something is truth when it isn't. And we believe something is a lie and it isn't. Like, God's not good. God doesn't love me. <laughs> oh, can you, 
you see how deceived that is? There's loads of stuff that goes on in our thinking. And so the fact is this, the battle goes on, but the war is won. Jesus is the victor. It's a victor's helmet we can wear. And, and so we need a victorious mindset. I remember once I was, I was going through a, a difficult time and um, someone lent me a book and it was called The Victorious Mindset. In fact, I'm not even sure they lent it. I might have just taken it. And, you know, there are times when we just need to take hold of, take hold of it, take it, grab it, receive it, get it into you. Victorious thinking, victorious mindset. He speaks a better word. I'm going to be convinced of that. I'm going to live in victory in my mind. So I need to repent of thinking, turn away from it, agree with God, disagree with myself. Then we've got the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. And Jesus is the one who gives us the spirit. And the spirit empowers the word of God. And that the, the Greek word there is uh, rima, the rima word of God, the now word of God. What is God saying specifically now? Whether that's through the scriptures, through a person, through a situation. What do we discern and get from him? The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, is powerful and effective in our lives. And so it says this. Um, take out the sword of faith. Take the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. It, <clears throat> I think there's a flow in that. The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is, this is important. The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray. See the link. When we read it, it feels disjointed. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And often I thought, oh, take the Word of God, read the Bible. But I think it's much more active than that. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray. Right? Receive revelation of God's Word and speak it out. Speak it out. So it could be prayer in a prophetic way. So when we're talking to each other... We, we can be talking to God. When we're talking to God, we can be talking to each other. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray. And it says, and pray with the, oh, sorry, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. All kinds of prayers and requests in the Spirit. Sword of the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. It's about our relationship with Jesus in the Spirit, speaking things that originate in heaven from the heart of God, speaking things that you didn't know, you haven't learned, you don't know about that person, but you, you are flowing with truth and speaking it out. And that sword is having a powerful effect in people's lives. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit with all kinds of prayers and requests. That is for you to do. You can pray in English. You can pray in tongues. You can pray all sorts of prayers. There are no rules because it's saying, 
He's saying, <laughs> where, verse 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So, read it again from verse 17. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. If we're going to know Jesus and make him known, prayer is super important because prayer is our relationship with him. Prayer is our declaration and proclamation of him. Okay. Father God, we, we thank you for your word and we thank you for this time. And Holy Spirit, thank you for all those bits that you've put your finger on for us. Where that, was like that highlight was on our heart, was in our mind, where we were thinking, gosh, I need to do something about this. I need to get a hold of this. I need to do this. I need to repent. I need to ask God's forgiveness. I need to do something different. I need to get rid of the old and embrace the new. Lord, thank you that you know what you were doing in our hearts and minds. And we pray, Lord God, that you, you would continue your work in us now. So come, Holy Spirit, and have your way, we pray. In Jesus' name.